We're coming at you with all the energy of this week's hockey brawl, which is to say, tame. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the guy who went to Breslin to support the team, unlike his co-host, Kevin Greck, <laughs> the guy who can't be bothered, Alex Plum. Kevin, you wrote this, didn't you? I had nothing to do with it. Uh, a Google AI came in and wrote it. That I, Google I gave it a AI. Prompt. I gave it a prompt for uh, introducing handsome guest uh, host. Oh, Alex, man, can you quickly uh, come up with a new cold open uh, for us to do in its entirety? We're coming at you with all the energy of this week's football season, which is to say, we're not <laughs> recording this week. Lame. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. <laughs> all right. Uh, Back to bed you? with me. Good night, everybody. How, 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 are you, how are you both doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, much pearl clutching about the certain hockey uh, events at the end of games. Um, but uh, other than that, I feel pretty good. Alexander? I am going to pay attention this week. And, <laughs> and I want to be applauded for it. I, I desire... A lot of positive Twitter interactions this week, folks, listeners of the pod, uh, to reward me for doing the basic minimum. Thank you. It's uh, just like me going to the game. It's it's your version that's, of that. It's, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Very well. Uh, I, I did nearly call you Alexander Brandy, and it, and it dawned on me that I think maybe we should have an annual tradition on the pod where Greg gets into the scotch. Yes. And Alex makes himself several Alexander Brandys. Uh, I believe it's a Brandy Alexander, not to oh, correct right. you, uh, but but I do have some plum sake that I could probably have pulled out for tonight. Oh, wow. Mm, mm, I'm looking mm, up within mm. a Brandy Alexander. Uh, it's creamy, I believe. It's got oh, some, yeah, look at that. So too bad you don't have the cream liqueur by Revel any longer. Oh, by Revel. Didn't I give that to you? Mm. Mm. <laughs> the, mm. 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 Uh, oh, liquor.com describes this as a quote pimped out version of the classic. So maybe who I move wrote on to, that. Maybe we move on to the New York Times cooking brandy Alexander. Oh, creme de cacao and heavy cream and nutmeg. Oh, that's nutmeg on top. Very I'm nice. just saying these are the things Jason won't let me drink because tinky tinky. What? Explain none. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you. you guys, uh, before we move on, do you guys nog? Is this a noggin I'm podcast? I'm a big nogger. Ass. Yeah. Oh, I love to nog. I, I think an eggnog is like a, a pumpkin spice latte. If I have one. No, that's unfair. Fine, but like it's one for the season. We know you don't nog, Greg, because they don't make a flavorless bland <laughs> nog. <laughs> Soylent nog. Soylent nog, yeah. <laughs> Soylent nog. <laughs> It's an alcoholic meal replacement. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nog, Nog by itself. I'm having a boozy corporate lunch, but you're very dull. Soylent Nog. <laughs> Nog is not alcoholic. Nog is only alcoholic if you add fun to it. 
I like the idea of Kevin showing up to a corporate meeting for a, a, a liquid lunch and <laughs> just pulls his Soylent out of his bag. <laughs> Someone else would be like, you know, we're expensing this, right? And I'd be like, I do know. I I'm do. going to get my $1.75 back. Thank you very much. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is fight milk on It's Always Sunny. Uh, just different. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thank you, of course, everyone, for listening to that and the remainder of this. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, uh, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow on Spotify, whatever it is, wherever you get it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartners Pod. Um, this week, I'm going to do structure the show. Uh, yeah, wow. I need to get, my waveform has been getting shorter and I need to make it longer. Yeah, I can uh, assure you as the person that looks at that, that <laughs> it has not. But continue. <laughs> uh, we're going to start behind the green wall. Uh, this week, basketball will lead because we are going to do our autopsy on uh, this past year's football season. So we figured we wanted to make space for actually talking about the sport that's in season. Uh we are going to talk about Fight Night, um, and uh, then we'll head off Grand River, where uh, we're gonna we're gonna lambast officials. We're gonna talk about some uh, some uh, coaching moves and a rare W by the NCAA. Uh, before we, of course, take your Twitter questions, there are no previews this week because there are no games. Because it's uh, Midnight Yell Week for the old uh, Spartan basketball. Yeah, I do like that Izzo. Uh, We'll both talk about this uh, week as like great for practicing, but also that we value academics. I'm like, okay, buddy. You take it both ways when you can. <laughs> I had guess over that uh, that uh, I was trying to explain why Tom Izzo says the worst things from the nicest perspective. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so let's head behind the green wall, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, we had two games this past week. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we had one against the, the Penn State Nittany Lions on the road uh, that we won 67-58. And then we had a Breslin victory, 68-50, to uh, against the Brown Bears, who inexplicably have not made their jerseys brown. We're neither brown nor bears. In any sense of that word, it was a huge disappointment for me, again, being there. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, uh, you guys remember how Dudu Kaka last week was? Mm, icky. In some ways, this week was the opposite of that week. Uh, I was very pleased with this team, uh, the Penn State game in particular, um, because uh, devotees of the podcast will recall, I did not expect them to win. I expected mm. them to go over to the Happy Valley and come back hat in hand with a big old L. But uh, A.J. Hogarth decided to play in the second half of that game. Uh, Jackson Kohler kept up his end of the deal. Mati Sissoko had a rough game, but we can still win in ca- even when that you know happens. Um, and Hauser and Walker did kind of what you want from Hauser and Walker, except for Hauser... Missed both of his three-point attempts. But he was good from two and good at the rim. So I I was encouraged by this game, the Penn State game in particular. What do you guys think? I uh, Yeah, I, I think Micah Shrewsbury has a fun squad over there. Like, I want to start with that, that this Penn State team appears to not be uh, trending in the direction of Penn State teams of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly has a roster that is 
not ideal, but yeah. is making the best of it. So like, I, I think that's a uh, tip of the cap to what Micah Shrewsbury is building over there. Um, I think for me, the, the points it will, AJ Hogard did a lot in this game. Particularly and, in the second half. Yeah. Eight for 16 from the field, uh, six rebounds, uh, alarmingly only two assists, um, but a block, a steal, and 23 points. Like, I mean, he had he had himself a game. And six for six from the line, Alex Plum. Yeah, Hauser uh, had more dimes than uh, Hogarth did. In this yeah, game. you don't like that, but at the it became a, you know, with the mismatch that Hogarth was able to create uh, as a, a big body point guard, it, it's not entirely unexpected that he might be able to dominate a little bit. But the piece that is exciting to me is where the team got this week defensively. And in particular against a Penn state team that uh, likes to shoot three and, uh, and can get hot. We saw some of that in the first half, big deficit there for a while. Yep. Um, And I think in the second half, so yeah, in the first half Penn state went seven for 18 from three point land. But the stat that's illuminating is one for nine in the second half. And it's not just the one, it's the nine. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, that to me is a defense travels, right? Like this is a, this was a, you know, focusing in on assignment and, and executing on the assignment. And, and that in a team that seemed a little listless without Malik Hall, I thought was the most important thing. The other thing that I think is important in this game is we're starting to see a character emerge here where this team can close close games. Like Mm. they don't blink at the line at the end of games. We've seen that several times now. I was expecting this. I think Robbie Hummel said it on the, uh, on the call. And I hate that I'm like Robbie Hummel. now. I like him. Very good. Yeah. I hate really good. And he's like not emotional, which I struggle to relate to. I hate that he's doing this to me as uh, someone that had to live through the baby boilers uh, and took such, such immense joy from beating them at Purdue the night that his number was retired. Uh. Um, But I expected this to go right down to the wire and the team put him away. Like just, just put them away at the very end of the game, you know, shooting clutch free throws and not, uh, and, and playing within within the defense, so I that is one of the things that was most encouraging to me about this game is in an environment like that under those circumstances. And this isn't the first time we've seen it this year. This is part of I think the character of this team that we can rely on at this point. Yeah, where uh, it, it's, where are we it, nationally on free throws? By the way, we got to be pretty good on free throws. Uh, twenty fifth. I'll take it. I'll take it right now. We should be number one, of course. (laughs) There's uh, no excuse to not be number one. You seem perfect. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, I think that was as encouraging of a... Traveling the Big Ten, even if it's Penn State, is not easy. And I think the only place you might say that about is Northwestern. Um, And this this was a good one. Uh, and I, if I want to double check here, yet out rebounded Penn State. Uh, the 
um, particularly on the defensive glass. Um, and, and so, you know, you're starting to see, I think a, for a few years now, Michigan state had been in bad form as it related to its defensive rebounding and, and seemingly has, has gotten a bit of that back. Mm. And one person who's doing, I don't think great at it, but will get better in time is Jackson Kohler. Um, and so you, you know, I just, I hope for growth there. Here. Continue. Here. Here it'll hear. Brown? Brown! Bears! What did you think of the Brown Bears? Uh, They were uninspired. And we kind of were uninspired to boot. It was not a very productive first eight minutes of the game. I think we had like, what, 11 points or something uh, against Brown. I don't know. It it didn't inspire a ton of confidence, uh, but I don't know. It's Brown. We beat him by almost 20. That's great. It obviously was Joey Hauser night. Kid looked great per use, 100% from the charity line, which we love to see. No excuse not to be, Joey. 22 points, um, five rebounds. I mean, 50% from behind the three. Joey had a great night. So uh, Maddie did not. And this is the second Second game in a row with no points for our boy Matty Sissoko, which is getting a little concerning for yours truly, um, especially after what looked like a breakout uh, breakout season performance early on. Yeah. One, on the subject of Joey Hauser, I can confirm that it smelled like wet hay in Breslin Center um, mm-hmm. at the end of that game. Uh, two, I'm with you. I think these were for as get right and as strong as the week was generally for the team. I think these were two of the more disappointing Mati Sissoko outings uh-huh. of the year, maybe more in line with the Mati Sissoko that we were expecting yeah. at the beginning of the season. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily going to continue to be the case. Um, I think that this was, these were a couple bad matchups for him. Um, we went small quite a bit against Brown in particular. So I don't know. I'm going to keep an eye on this, but they're going to be these nights. They're going to be these days, Mati. What do you think, Jonesy? I mean, I, the one thing I'd push back on, Mati, is that I think we didn't think Mati would be able to sustain 20 minutes of game time without fouling out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, I think his worst game easily was Villanova, um, which had a, a, a true stretch five. Yeah. Um, and then Penn State and uh, Brown, Penn State has a freshman big that didn't play a ton, but Brown is small. Like, I mean, it, it's just yeah. not, I, I, I'm willing to reserve some judgment on Mati Sissoko until we see him playing against more conventional bigs. Um, he's at least playing within control. You know, if, uh, the over three, I think all three touches were the first three touches of the game. Maybe. Yeah. Um, where they were trying to take it inside. And I just don't know that he's consistently developed that part of his game. It hmm. is worth remembering Mati Sissoko has been playing basketball for like five years. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I, I guess I, <clears throat> I'm just, you know, if at minimum we had a competent defender who uh, was good in the pick and roll, which Mati Sissoko has been pretty okay in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, is a lob threat on the regular. I, I think you take that as a W um, it's, and he rebounds unlike what Bingham would do. Yeah, yeah, particularly defensive rebounding. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, even against Penn State, I mean, Joey Hauser had like 13 defensive rebounds 
And your boy Maddie, Maddie had five. I mean, that's it's a factor of three. I don't know. I mean, again, I love when Joey's having a night. That's great. Uh, if Maddie's not scoring, he has one job. Uh, I guess he has a couple jobs, but for a Tom Izzo team, it's rebounds. And I don't know. I just – so, anyway, that's it. I don't know. We don't have to – let's keep had, our eyes open. He had seven defensive rebounds against Brown. Against Brown. I'm saying five at Penn State when, uh, he, gotcha. when Joey had 13. You know, I mean, that's, that's Joey, just – Joey was just sweeping hay. He was sweeping hay, man. He was sweeping hay. Uh, I also, I think it's worth calling out for Brown. Trey Holloman played 18 minutes in this game. I'm going to keep riding this hype train all the way to the station. Um, He doesn't, I mean, sure, it's Brown, whatever, but that there's a noticeable difference between uh, when, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Davis Smith is in the game running the point. (laughs) <laughs> versus when Trey Holloman it, it would hey you yes. say that but Davis Smith got third rotation point guard minutes like in many games that's true uh last year you know Trey Holloman is looks comfortable running the offense frankly I wish he would shoot the ball a little bit more um does not look lost defensively like I think by the end of this we have a third point guard that is uh good hmm. On the subject of those guys at the end of the rotation, are we going to talk about the debut of Nick Sanders in in his green and white number 20? Because the last time he did it was not a real game, right? Correct. This was the uh, career debut of Mr. Nick Sanders. Um, (laughs) It's such a mess. <laughs> when it's games, just when it's just the the you know the walk-ons and the end of the rotation guys it's like oh the, my god the, the arcade game where you're shooting baskets it's just like people are just hoisting as fast as they can it's just <laughs> davis smith I, did get his first points though yeah it, he took some nice shots i was i was happy for him those were his first points ever yeah really Oh, when he plays normally, he does not have a green light. Yeah, but every once in a while, you got to be able to take a wide open shot. Like if you are a if you are a guard on the floor, you have to be able to take a wide open shot. But anyway, uh, I have also come to the conclusion that Stevie Izzo will never score a point in no. his entire career. <laughs> He's not even attempting them when he gets in anymore. No, poor kid. Poor buddy. Should be just hoisting from half court. I mean, Nick Sanders put up a shot. I mean, you can say that for that kid at least. He's got gusto. His dad was there. I mean, hell, Mel Tucker was sitting next to Barry. Um, one oh, wonders. He was? Well, you can oh yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. One wonders whether you know he would have seen any minutes if Dad hadn't been there. But that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, they do. Uh, they had. Uh, they had many football recruits at that game, I believe. Okay. Um, which is probably why uh, they, they so, rolled Barry in. Oh, did they have to explain to the football recruits who Barry Sanders was before they took him down to the floor? Think canine, but better. But better. <laughs> but was better. Uh, this man's whole career was ruined by the Detroit Lions. But uh, but he's good. You should be excited about meeting him. <laughs> Talk about a tragic legacy. Uh, anyway, I I leave I leave this, you know, as we head into a bit of a lull and a bit of a break, I'm... I'm feeling very confident about the return to form on some defense, particularly again, in light of not having Malik Hall. They do have some time to start practicing, getting right. Uh, You know, 
we'll we'll see. I I think the one thing to maybe keep an eye out is with with this lull in the schedule. Can mm. they keep this intensity up? Uh. Uh, you want to you want to see them. I the the Brown game was a game that you should have wiped a team out, and we finally got to see them do that. Yeah. Um, keep that energy. Well, it's probably going to happen because uh, uh, I know that we'll preview these games as they happen, but like a historically bad Oakland team is coming to town. Oakland, I think, has well, but like, Rocket Watts will be there. Oh, baby, that's, that's true. That's he will, very. He sad. will take some uh, some great pictures off of parking structures. Uh, oh my god, so confusing. Um, I have a question. Yeah. In the next, in in the intervening ten days before we see them on the twenty first, how many season ending injuries befall the Spartan basketball players? I'm just I'm asking because it will three. happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, one has to. We should set the over under at least at one. Um, because think about it, this is what we deserve, and it will we, happen. We've already had the ankle issue, so we checked the box on that. So oh, the you next think so? one is like an ACL tear or something. Like yeah. That. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going to happen in like a low impact practice too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Upsetting. I'm saying it now just to take its power away. But anyway, I I, I think that this team needs the stretch that it's about to have through the end of the year. So. Okay. Buffalo, um, and then Nebraska first game back, uh, at, after the new year yeah, and then Michigan at home. So it's a good collection of games. Um, maybe we get, you know, everyone back maybe <laughs> except for all of the, you know, season permanently. Ending. Yeah. Season ending injured. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's right. Good. Sub note. Uh, I'm just clicking around. Have you guys been keeping up on, on Eastern Michigan? Oh God, it's bad. They're like oh. two and eleven. But how is Amani? He's doing well, actually. Is his th- his three point shooting was like at forty percent. Now it's come back a little bit more to earth. He's in like the thirty seven percent range. But has his volume been climbing because they're bad and he he's needs to? The entire team, I think. Yeah, he's the team. I mean, I don't know that they, that. Do you think that's a situation where they were going to be truly bad and like he was their hail mary? I think they they thought they had. I think Stan he thought they had a better team than their that they have right than now. They have, yeah. I'm trying to give the kid the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was in a bad situation at uh, with Penny, and then you know, part of the I, problem is I I have not watched this Eastern team since their Michigan game, but Noah Farrakhan, who looked really good in that game, uh, is awful statistically. And he's playing just as many minutes as Amani. So when you have a guy just tanking numbers, Rocket Watts style, uh, and taking a lot of minutes, not good. Not good. Um, Anyway, we don't have to talk about, this is not an Eastern Michigan basketball podcast. So uh, we can talk about something else. Uh, Anything else on uh, basketball before we move on to the... uh, the football no post uh, I think let's well let's move to football and before we we kind of get into dissecting this past season uh some notes about the team uh as it exists or used to exist uh Bryce Berenger um first team all-american uh Big 10 punter of the year first team all Big 10 number 1 in FBS in punting Walter Camp first team 
and not the winner of the Ray Guy Award. Instead, a charity award for Rutger. Um, Excuse me, that's Ray not a guy or a dude or a him. or an organization worth him. paying any attention to. Yeah. Does, I, I am think, I taking away pronouns if I do that? Is that a bad I don't thing? Pro- yeah, probably. Someone's offended. I, <laughs> we we deserve an explanation. Someone from the Ray Guy Association should be hauled before a tribunal somewhere and made to explain himself. We should um, invite them. We should reach out, have them on the pod, be like, explain yourself. Explain yourself. Why we not? should find everyone on the panel and send them all rec specs with like blood covered on them or something like, like something, a horse's head. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With a little rec specular on there. Send them a little message um, or invite them on the podcast. That's what we should do. Uh, I, I do like this. Um, I think we should do this. I, I hope that MSU to promote him sent out uh, rec specs, uh, branded rec specs to, you know, how they give those gifts out. Yeah. What was it they did for Kenneth Walker? They just like dog tags, I think. Dog tags. I like mm. it. I like it. Uh, it's so good. All right. Other news programming notes. Uh Jerick Broussard announces that he's leaving for the NFL draft. Uh and then <laughs> don't do that. Uh Chase Carter, uh Deshaun Mallory, and uh Jalen Hunt all announced that they are headed to the transfer portal. Um what is interesting is that those are three dudes on the defensive line. Um, that was already beat up enough that it was thin, though some of that was from injury, notably not to those guys. Um, yep. And credit to Will Hunter, though, uh, who pulled the stats on folks leaving, including Jacob Slade, and uh, who's, you know, years years out like it's time for the nfl um and and the folks leaving uh for the the portal versus returning production and the bulk of returning production is staying at msu yeah these are names mallory and hunt that you recognize because of all the injury issues that were happening like these were not your your first or second string yeah they would be people you'd like for depth like you would, you would prefer not to lose them, maybe. But then again, that would be fewer scholarships than MSU, or fewer, yeah, scholarship spaces available for MSU to fill for this class. So, as we move into the postmortem, a number that we have to keep in mind is that there are eight right scholarship as still today, available, yeah. mm-hmm. um, assuming that we get no more decommitments and assuming that we get no more uh, portal commitments. Uh, eight seats. Available. Yeah, I guess that's actually another. Piece of programming note. Uh, Colton Hood, uh, a commit for the class of 2023, has decommitted. Um, anywhere you read makes it sound like it was a parting of ways and that there wasn't staff consensus on him to begin with. You know, uh, same time, need cornerbacks. So yeah. I don't know how choosy you can be if you're the staff, but hopefully that means they've got somebody else coming. So, all right. So we'll keep that in mind. Um, Jonesy, how do you want to structure this conversation? Um, well, I, I get, let's, let's revisit some, some fundamentals, I think is where we should start. MSU, you know, coming off an 11, two season. I don't think anyone expected that we were going to go 11 and two again. Um, I think our take was, uh, this was consensus. The team would be better, but 
but they would win fewer games. And we were right about half of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which honestly, like if you gamble and you go nearly 50% or a little bit above, you're winning. See, we're great. Wow. Um, Smash that subscribe button. Get these key insights. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) Uh, So I do, I, I think it's worth, crediting though that we said pretty early in the season yikes this is not as good um after a 56-0 biggest win in a long time we were like this is not good Um, yeah they beat the spread uh in like three wins to kick off the season and yeah and we were like they're not good (laughs) uh so credit to us uh if if you want to go there um i do i i do think um, we thought they would be deeper and that was not true because we saw the effect of losing Darius snow. That's maybe less provable, but I, I feel pretty strongly about it. We certainly saw the effect of losing Xavier Henderson because his return immediately made for a better team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob Slade, who was undeniably our best uh, player on the defensive line in and out with injury all season. Simeon Barrow largely beat up. I mean, it was a defense that was ravaged by injury all year long to the extent that at the end of the season, they were not even doing contact during practices because they could not afford the risk of injury and were playing defensive tackles, Jalen Hunt, Sean Mallory at defensive end. Um, And still getting uh, uh, injuries anyway, as I recall. (laughs) Even still Uh, under those circumstances where everyone's got a red jersey, still injuries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I think the first question I have for you both, and I'll lead with the big one, is what assumptions do you think we made at the beginning of the season that were just wrong? And I think the first one is we assumed that Peyton Thorne would get better. Yeah, that was the big one. I think, uh, you know, when a guy is the the son of a of a football coach, you kind of yeah. expect that general improvement. Uh, and he would tell you that he, in spite of, all of the measurables or the eye test or anything that he did improve generally from last year, but that's the biggest and easiest one to point at. Um, Plum, your, your thoughts on, on him generally and whether or not he should get the job next year or maybe I will say it. Yeah, I will say at the start, no, I don't think he should have the job next year. I think he well, should you leave. Think he should be able to. He should compete for the job, right? Like, they no, I think. I th- no, I mean, again, I, and this is, and I'm going to give him some credit in a second here, but no, I think he should leave the university. I think he should have enough self respect to get the fuck out. Um, he won't, and I think he's probably within his right not to. But I will tell you, the credit he deserves is that he did not have the running game that the team needed to take the pressure off of him. Um, to have the stats that we would have expected, the stats that he could have last year. Which, but, but that's not to say. My point of giving him this credit is that it's it you know it's the it's the quote unquote the favorable to unfavorable year over year. It's an unfavorable comparison this year because he didn't have the running game. But the point to that is he didn't have the running game last year. We we just had God running for us last year. That, that what a lucky break for Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne isn't that good. That's the truth. This season proves the kid just isn't that good. He had an interception a game, 11 out of 12, you know, I mean, 11 interceptions on the season. That's, uh, yeah. uh, so 
hurried, harried loss of focus. Now, yes, it didn't help that we had one of the worst offensive schemes in the country. And therefore, what are you going to do? Um, but throw the ball, which of course he didn't even get the opportunity because Jay Johnson doesn't really like throwing the ball. He'd rather have Berger or Broussard run for two right up the fucking middle. Um, I'm getting off course. No, uh, God bless him. Go somewhere else. And Noah Kim or fuck it. Give it to, uh, give it to Kat and Hauser. Give it to Hauser. Hauser. Uh, I, I don't think you should transfer. Uh, but I do think it should be a quarterback competition. I agree with you, Plum, though, but I would sub out running backs for offensive line. I think offensive Fine. line was was probably more difficult. What do well, you they didn't help either, but yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, Jonesy? Yeah, I was just looking at the last four games of the season and what our average rushing yards were because um, it felt better. Well, because uh, Eli Collins finally got a chance to play. Yes. Well, but... Jalen Berger also was putting up some good numbers too. Um, and the one stinker on there is Penn state where we averaged one yard per carry. Um, I do believe that, uh, Thorne was sacked a bunch. It, it was sacked three times in that, uh, and, and took a bunch for, more hits. If I recall. Yeah. Peyton Thorne accounted for negative 21 yards in that game. Um, that said, uh, Berger was at two yards of carry and Collins was at 3.3. So it wasn't a, a banner day for anybody. Um, but the the other three games, Illinois, um, uh, Indiana and Rutger, which, you know, say what you will. And you should say those things about these these data points. But, um, you know, uh, 5.6 for MSU in the Rutger game. Uh, uh, five point uh, five yards per carry in the Indiana game. Um, Illinois, who has a great running um, defense. Uh, we were still at 3.9, you know, a little bit shy of where you'd want to be, but not bad. Um, anyway, it, it got, it seemed to get better as the season went on, which, you know, also correlated with a younger offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think if there's a if there's a position group that you can say development is more likely than other position groups, it's probably the dudes on the line who literally are getting bigger and stronger every day. Um, Three, having some of that alcoholic nog for lunch, yeah, yeah. soil and nog and dinner, soil and nog every day. They but, go down to Scandalera Center. They just load up cup and a half soil and nog, drink up. We we lost it. We. MSU lost to the NFL last year. Connor Hayward, who's still playing in the NFL. Yes. AJ Curry, who was a late round draft pick. I think Jarvis uh, was maybe a really important college player, but less of a pro. Though Speedy I Naylor. Think, uh, well, not on the line. Ah. Uh, like I thought we were just listing you, or, players. And, and Hayward is a... Uh, uh, it was played tight end or fullback. Like, I mean, he was a, he was a blocker more often than not. And so that is a lot of pro level talent that, that MSU lost. And I don't think any of us, I think we thought so little of the offensive line and ashamedly maybe of Connor Hayward that I don't think we appropriately valued those losses either. I think by the end of the year, we like, we were on the Hayward train. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know that we, I don't, I, 
sure, that's fair. But like, I don't know that I fully appreciated the. Uh, we thought he, the tight end group might be getting better. Yeah, with Malik Carr and uh, and and Berger coming in, and it that just didn't happen. <clears throat> the other thing we need to talk about is the defensive secondary, which was truly awful last year and was just regular awful this year. <laughs> uh, Upgrade. Yeah. We're trending in the right direction. Boomstick. Keep cashing those checks, my man. Uh, I, Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. see. The next one clears. We'll see about that. But um, I, I don't know. What, what else do you want to talk about with this team? The, I really am uh, the, the piece that's, I don't know what we're doing with roster management is I think, you know, we had that much injury and we know the position groups that had been run off. Um, and we know also that this was the second spring in a row where because of people either being injured or run off, they were not able to hold a full spring practice. Yeah. That the first one, the secondary, that's on Mel. Um, and I don't know that you got anything better out of it. I don't know that your depth is better. So we're out of the point in time, though, where he gets any of the benefit of the, the doubt on those excuses. Like, we're capped on personnel excuses as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. This is your your red line on that. You can make a, a next year excuse around uh, age, right? Like time in program. You know, if if you're bringing in more four stars than MSU's ever brought in in a year. But you're saying like, body wise, you don't think there's roster. an excuse anymore. Yeah. This is your roster. You constructed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you are at some point in time responsible for having enough people on it to hold practices. Tom Izzo disagrees with you on this, by the way. <laughs> but I, I like that's the that's the piece where I am on on uh, on that. I, I guess the other component that we didn't really talk about is it, it's not entirely injury. Eight eight guys being suspended is it's gonna that's tough the tough on scholarship players. Yeah, well, and tough on morale. I mean, there's a it, there's a number of areas that that affects us. I will say to, to morale though. <clears throat> I don't think Tucker ever lost the team. No, this was not a fun year. And I don't, I don't know that I ever saw a game where I felt like they were checked out. Sure. No, in fact, they, you wouldn't know it from the, the end score, but at the end of the Penn state game, like they were right there ready to go on the road and defeat a top 10 team. That's going to the Rose, going to the Rose bowl. Where are they? God, they feel so undeserving of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, fortunately, the Rose Bowl doesn't mean anything anymore other than to hold up, apparently, the expansion of the college football playoff. Right. Um, so who cares? We were in the last real Rose Bowl, and I will go to my grave saying that. Uh, so I guess some questions here that that we've got written out in light of the the conversation that we just had. Overall, would you say for this program that the transfer portal has been a net benefit or a net detriment to the team so far? It it hasn't been a detriment as far as I can tell culturally in the way that, that some people would worry about that. Yeah. They seem to acquire talent, get that talent integrated and not 
cause divisiveness within the locker room about where people have been and what they've done. And, and that, so, and you look at what Eli Collins has said, uh, you know, the couch did a great article on him and he was like, I never felt like I didn't get a chance here. That like, Except I, that I never felt like I was he, lost. That we didn't feel that he was getting a chance here. Yeah. Well, we, we should have gone. I, mean, I certainly have questions about their ability to like spot talent mid season and, and give opportunity, but you know, uh, there's that. I, I, I'm gonna. I, uh, maybe that's true right now. Maybe that's been true to date. I'll accept that it's been true to date. I wonder how much longer he gets away with it, though, because after the stinker we had this year, the fact that now we're out recruiting Sam Levitt as hard as we are. Uh, explain for our listeners. Who uh, Sam is. Washington State, right, or Washington, Washington State, Washington State commit. He's a high schooler. Uh, he's a high schooler commit. Four star. Oh yeah, that's right. That's my yeah. But anyway, four stars. Washington State commit. The kid is. I don't know. We just pulled in a four star high schooler. It, I, 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 does this, uh, by the way, the quarterback, does this mean that Dante Moore is done? I mean, I'm glad that we never really talked about that, spent time on it. But if they just offered him like a week ago, this Washington quarterback, right? Or maybe state, two weeks ago. Washington state. Well, he's from the state of Washington, isn't he's he? He's from Oregon. He's from Oregon. Oh, okay. Anyway, not important. Uh, my, my, my point here about the transfer portal, and I guess it's a broader point of our recruiting right now, is at a certain point, isn't there an investment that we're making when we're getting these guys to sign on? I mean, fuck, we just experienced six D commits in the last like six minutes from this team because, yeah, I I I'd go too. Um, I don't know. I don't. I where's the development? Is is there no commitment? I, I get that you. I get that nowadays. Maybe there isn't. Maybe this is just what it is. It's all consumptive consumerism, and if you can get a better option in the portal, you and you do. But then why the fuck do we have Noah Kim and Kate and Hauser? And now we're going to pull in another freshman and Peyton Thorne is still fucking there. And that's my, that, that this is my point around. He can't do anything for us. If he plays next year, because he is marginally better in the summer over Kate and Hauser, who wasn't given a fucking opportunity this summer. Oh, of course he's going to get the job and do what for us? Jack shit. If we're going to suck next year and we're going to, then let Caton Hauser be out there at least getting some reps and taking it on the chin and beefing up a little bit. Like, let that be the growing season for him so he has some actual on-field D1 opportunities. And this hyper I mean, that's my point around the transfer portal and the recruiting strategy in general. This next shiny thing, where is it? Let's get it. Let's go get it. I guess maybe if that's the new structure, then I guess that's the structure. I don't know how long that lasts well for the culture. And I don't know what the results are in the long term. Well, this is the crux of that Ari Wasserman piece that we talked about last week and published in The Athletic about like, we are committed to Mel Tucker long-term, which means that he does not have to win next year. He might have to win the year after or the year after that. But so Jonesy, I guess my question to you, to Plum's point there, does it make sense to make an investment in playing time in the younger guys purposefully uh, for long-term benefit? Or- is there a concern that someone like Kate Hauser would go in there, get annihilated, get get shell shocked, and then you kind of you'll lose him? I I think you have to play the best quarterback. Like I think that's the the beginning and the end of the conversation. And if you want to say you have doubts about their ability to evaluate that, that's fine. Like, but 
you know, I will say, maybe what I'll say is I think you have to, it depends on how you define best. If you have to scale down the playbook because Kaiten Hauser's not ready to run all of the reads that Peyton Thorne can, but he has better arm talent, then you should play Kaiten Hauser. Like, especially when Peyton Thorne only knows one read, the one that he's yeah, staring at staring, yeah. the entire like, yeah, time. And, <laughs> It, yeah, it's not based upon a pop quiz in the classroom. It's like we've seen the the product on field. We, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, that I, I think Plum. Uh, there's some of what you said that I, I may not agree with, but I do. I do think the part that I do agree with wholeheartedly is about development. And you know, we did think you were going to see year over year growth from uh from uh Peyton Thorne we and it's not just Peyton Thorne though there were uh members of the offensive line that we thought we would see some growth from Mm -hmm. uh that were maybe okay but not good um and you know I guess I'm hesitant to say too much about the linebacking core um but haven't seen it from defensive backs yet no certainly Um, have not and and you've had two coaches now one of them's the head coach so like What's going on there? Uh, so that's that is a a put a pin in a, on for me on the staff of like need to see some growth next year, and it doesn't have to be perfect, but need to see some growth, and you you need to start seeing those players who went from I didn't know about this guy to massive contributor. So let's go around the horn. Uh, last week we were asked by uh, verbose Dutch, and I think maybe we weren't mature enough. He for loved the question our, at the time. He loved our answers. Oh, he did? Well, he, let's like, ruin like, it. <laughs> he's like, that's exactly what I hoped for. Well, he asks, excluding recruiting, what makes you most optimistic about MSU football for 23 and beyond? So let's let's exclude and let's actually try to come up with some things to be optimistic. I think recruiting is still something that we can be optimistic about. In spite of what Plum said about losing six recruits, it is still a pretty good MSU class that is... Historically good. That is set to sign... Next week, when is signing day? Twenty first. Twenty first. So the following. So next week we'll maybe do like a a bit of a instead of doing the thing where we uh, read who all committed, maybe we'll do a in advance of signing day. Here's what to look forward to. And the class of twenty twenty four also looks good as well. So that's that's exciting. I'll go first because I think you guys might uh, take what I'm going to say. So I'm going to go first. I'm optimistic about his process orientation. I think that remains. I think we're still seeing the evidence of that. I think that's something that we've always liked about Tucker. And he's, I don't think he's panicking. I don't think the administration is panicking. And I think we are seeing process out of him. He has a plan. He's putting it into action to some degree. Anything else to be excited about uh, aside from recruiting and aside from, from process? from the staff, this football program. Plum, what do you got? I think we've said it. I think we've been saying it all season. I don't know. In terms of recruiting process, I, I just, I'm... Uh, no, excluding recruiting. What are you... Oh, watching? sorry. Thank you. Optimistic? Yeah. Jay Johnson's unemployment checks? Does he get them? <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. I don't actually think we're going to see. I think I said this last week. I don't think we're going to see any turnover. Um, and I'm going to be fully in. Incons- no, I don't know how I feel about it. I want 
I want to see like a uh, silver lining that maybe it's a good thing that no one gets fired. Maybe this is more to the point around my development hope that the oh, coaches I think people getting fired. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, think you think it's going to happen. You're, you're getting through signing day, and then people are January. I think we're looking at coaches not here anymore. All right, well, it's going to be Ross Ellis. Then we know that'll happen. If that if and when that happens, then I'll open up the champagne. I don't know. I don't. I'm really the process. I don't really know. I don't know what I'm optimistic about. I'm just such in my feelings right now. All right, John. So you got anything? Uh, I I stick with. Uh, I'll, I'll list a, a quick one here. Of I stick with. Didn't seem to lose the team. This was a lot mm. of adversity. Mm-hmm. A lot of adversity this year. Didn't lose the team. Um, the which probably ties a bit into process. That if yeah. you got people bought into the process, then they're going to buy into the process and the process the process right. But. Is this a place where where Tucker's um sorry to interrupt you. Is this a place where Tucker's stupidly vapid answers to questions in the press corps ask is is a is a is a bonus that he refuses to really cite players like Izzo would, for example, for doing a bad job and keeps it all very mm. thirty thousand feet platitudes, execution, had had some missed opportunities, gonna gonna go look at the film. I mean it's this like thing that we're like all exhausted by it. Do you think it's a help with the culture? My understanding is they're very direct with the players in, in rooms. Like you fucked up, you fucked up big. You cost us, you know, seven points yeah. here. Like, Good. and, but, but here's why, like they, they have a whole, uh, uh, I think they call it coach me coach Tuesday. And it's like, we're going to, we're going to go that, you know, the idea that you should be saying, coach me coach, right? Like here's, here's what you did bad. Um, and we're going to get better at it. But I, I think Tucker's probably rightly is like, generally, I don't have a, there's not value in me throwing people under the bus when we all watched it, by the way, yeah, like we, right. we all right. watched it. Yep. Um, anyway, but, sorry, I interrupted you. You were on a train of thought. No, no, no. I, I, um, I think there were some things that we saw improvement on. I I have serious doubts about Jay Johnson uh, as a um, play caller, but it you can't as great as Kenneth Walker was, and he was transcendent. Uh, Jay Johnson did know when to throw a haymaker, and so. If he's able to get some playmakers in there, I am at least optimistic that uh, that maybe Jay Johnson can can create something. Which I, I think I wanted to to use that as a, a bit of a segue to my question for you two both because I was just going to say that means we get a future full of uh, flea flickers that I can look forward yeah. to flea flickers yeah. all day. Oh, I, I have to I have to give a, a, a shout out to the person who made the comment um, because but I thought it was a really smart one about uh, John Kirby mentioned friend of the pod. John Kirby mentioned that he is. I thought he was a mortal enemy. He was on our podcast. Um, oh, but it didn't go great. It was a mess. Bad. The, <laughs> uh, mentioned mortal that, enemy. All listeners. Right, John, <laughs> Talked about the idea that, like, there's not an identity to Mel Tucker's team. He's like, you know, that for... Can't you hear that? We're chopping. No, stop. Stop. Come on, stop is that. that. Is no, that what that no sounds like? That sound. 
Um, <laughs> Is that what that sounds like? But, you know, we saw for a long time out of Scotty Hazelton, and it changed, but we were running 4-2-5, giving a huge gap off the line on the uh, from the corners, like, and it was like, okay, I guess you don't have the people, but like at some point in time, I need you to show me who you're mm-hmm. going to be. Pat Narduzzi was terrible for three years, but you knew what Pat Narduzzi wanted to be. Six um, months of unnecessary roughness. Is yeah, that which that quote came up after. Anyway, um, the I, I'm not sure what Mel Tucker wants his team to be. I, I get the sense that play action is important to him because he wants to run. He wants to be a run first offense. Great, I get it. But like physicality and keep chopping can't be the answers to these questions. Mm. Next year, I think we need to have a better semblance of what Mel Tucker wants his teams to be. I need to see an identity out of Mel. Yeah. I mean, it, it like, do you ha- do you either of you have a sense of like what Mel Tucker believes in defensively? I don't. No. No. I, it's confusing for a dude who is a defensive coordinator. That's confusing to me. All right, so I guess final thoughts on this. This has been ranging in conversation. This is, what do we need? Like, what do we need to see next year? Or do we need to see anything to have faith in this program in the long term? They're young and they lose. I don't care. And again, I need to see an identity. I need to see Mel Tucker not make mistakes at the end of game situations. I need him to have remedied that. Uh, It's going to kill me, like literally kill me someday uh, if we continue to lose games and we have lost a couple games now uh, due to that. Plum, what do you think? You're just out. I'm out. Hope springs (laughs) eternal. I don't know. What do you, I mean, I hate the... Special teams. I don't know. I just, I've been really negative. I'm sorry. I'm saying Noah Kim. Noah Kim is my hope. Noah Kim or Kaden Hauser. One of them will rise to the challenge and dethrone Peyton Thorne, who will be forced to ride the bench all season. And maybe that is the more just dessert. Maybe they'll challenge him to a duel, like a Ooh. duel with pistols at the 50 yard line. In the classical sense. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, Jonesy, I, I kind of took quarterbacking this conversation from you uh anything else that you need to cover before we move on no i mean personnel moves i think i need to see some personnel moves that's the only other thing yeah well we gonna and we'll cover them here on future episodes of cannot read cannot write uh Uh, should we talk about hockey should we do that hockey yeah do that hockey uh, split with Michigan. There were what, there was a win. There was a loss. There was a win. There was a loss. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a fight. And uh, I didn't see. I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't want to deal with it. Uh, the 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 fight stuff. I know what it is already. I assume. Yep. We do. Um. But I mean, you got to be happy with a big split against a team that yep. at the beginning of the year we thought was going to be like frozen for caliber so yep yep and plum as you and i were talking about it's starting to look like tickets are going to be in short supply for the rest of the year at mun so get out there folks get on down there what game are we going to oh notre dame no yeah think notre dame or is it penn state 
No, I think it's the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame. We'll see you guys there for the Notre Dame game. Um, and we also, we have to get someone that actually knows uh, hockey on here. Do we know point. anyone that knows? I don't think we have like any listeners that know anything if, about hockey. If only there was someone that was like a source of hockey that we could draw upon. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we do. Listen, listeners, but you know what? Let's ask the listeners. Someone out there must mm-hmm. know someone vaguely familiar with hockey at Michigan State. We don't know this person, but if you do, would you drop us a line? We'd love to hear from whoever he or she might be. Yep. And and they can reach us at, at uh, uh, can't read, can't write pod at gmail.com. They can also reach us at uh, can't read, can't write on Twitter and on the Twitter and, and Instagram and Instagram. And uh, yeah, it would be really nice if we just had think, a source just, for hockey. I think you just gave the wrong. Oh, that's Instagram. too bad. Yeah. Oh, that'll probably impact our future. That'll impact the ability to hockey coverage. Hockey coverage. Oh, well. Oh, well. There's nothing to do to remedy this nope. situation. Nope. Uh, but Plum, could we remedy a mortgage situation, do you think? If there is one way to remedy a mortgage situation, it is to find an individual whose name is spelled nothing like it sounds. And that's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. <laughs> Maybe in some ways it's spelled exactly like it sounds. Uh, our friend Brandon Sands is with Gold Star Mortgage, and he is the guy that pays us to talk about him like this, which is how you know he's more of a guy than Ray Guy ever could have been. This is true. And uh, anyway, yeah, if you're in the market for a new home, and these insane mortgage rates are scaring you, don't be scared for long. It looks like they might be going back down, according to uh, NPR's marketplace, uh, Kai Rizdal out in the West Coast. Looks like they're dropping a little bit. And if that's the case, Brandon is the guy for you. Very can consultative. Pause? Can we pause for a moment? And I'll Why not? Kai Rizdal impersonation when he says, this is marketplace. I He's done this for years, and it okay. bothers me every time. I know what it is. Good. Let's hear yours. Um, this is marketplace. I, I hear like a really long pause. It's oh, like this is marketplace. No, it, it, but it's, it is like this. But it's it's, like, it's not this is marketplace. It's this. It's like I'm Kai Rizdal, and this is marketplace. It, it like it weird. And then it's like ramps up. Yeah, at the end, just hopping back in, guys. Are you mocking the way that I do the cold open right now? No, we're mocking Kai Rizdal. Kai Rizdal. Yeah. I hope anyway, you're keeping all of this about, in. I hope about you're keeping Brandon all of this sense. in. Uh, anyway, guy has a consultative approach. He helped Soylent Green himself, Kevin Greg. Uh, it's true. Refinance his home while his child was being born. These are one of the few, but many, but few anecdotes we have of just a (laughs) truly spectacular individual who puts his clients over his own family's needs. And if that isn't America, what is? Oh, I have something that's America. The name of the firm is Gold Star Mortgage. And so we celebrate him in his service to our country, a Fortune 500 Michigan-based firm that funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Brandon manages a team with over 100 years of combined industry experience, licensed in 32 states, including the entirety of the Big Ten and future Big Ten footprint, with the exception of Kirk Ferentz's home state of Gah. 
Anyway, give him a call. Give him a call. Call him. Look him up. Gold Star Mortgage. That's Brandon with an E. Sands with a Z. Better than Kyle. Listeners, before we head off uh, Grand River, I do want to update you that Alex has dropped in the chat. He has reached out to the Ray Guy Award uh, <laughs> and has sent an email. Uh, we hope to have them account for their crimes. Um, Let's r- lightning round these. We we went a little yeah. long on football. That's fine. Uh, so uh, first one, uh, Big Ten official apology to Rutgers uh, for their missed call against Ohio State. Um, this one actually is public versus what Jim Harbaugh uh, says was told to him. Um, I don't know what to make of this. I, I... Plum, what would it take for a public apology from your experience working with the Big Ten? Like I in soccer, I've never heard of it. Now, I, I think I've shared this before. The ACC, on the other hand, loves to get out and apologize. But when they do, they also always tell you what the referee's punishment was. And I noticed that that was missing. In fact, the Big Ten, in announcing this official apology, went out of their way to say that the crew officiating this game was, in fact, quote, among the best in the country. Mm. And not just that their referees are among the best in the country, which they are, uh, that this particular crew was. That was, of course, demonstrably false, (laughs) given three individuals were unable to see what many others clearly did, which was that the player uh, was ineligible to receive the ball, having coming right back in from out of bounds. Uh, I don't know. Don't know what to say. You know, it's pretty black and white. I think what's more funny to me is it was, while a lot of things can't be reversed, you know, you miss a call in the fourth minute of a game. What is the impact, you know, at the end of the game? This is one of those really clear ones where, in fact, uh, you actually yeah. could probably take the points off the board and change that W to an L because it's apparent that that actually was what it did. But I guess to be consistent, they won't uh, be now. These apologies bother me, though, because who cares? That's like, right. Either, and that's either, you're gonna, either you say the match didn't happen yep, because we we messed up. Yep. Or you reverse the outcome of the match if it's truly a that would have decided the game, like and we can say clearly that it is that that way. Well, what do people want to hear? People, I mean, Frank, what the only thing that would really matter would be you get the crew chief in front of a microphone and a camera and you say, explain it. Explain what you did. And they and all they can say is, We're humans, we weren't paying attention, 30 other things were happening. You're, it's a last seconds and our eyes were not on that player coming back. In. That may not be good enough for Rutgers though. That's, like that that's fine. The tournament. That's, and, but that's the truth. That's helpful. Apologies on paper are bullshit, stupid, useless. Get a human up there and let them get peppered with questions that say, do you not understand what you just asked should be asked of the referee of the crew chief. And that, that for me, not going to change anything, but at least you have a human that has to account for it. And they're getting paid enough. Let me tell you in the big 10, this is their career. They're getting paid enough that they can take a little heat because that's they're it. not also principals in addition to being uh, Big Ten officials anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, they really shouldn't be. I don't know how they would with the travel schedules. I imagine some tried to do something on the side, but wasn't that what what's his name did back in the day? That I think maybe that was just a rumor. No, Hightower. Anyway, well, Hightower I was a principal, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I could or never, a superintendent. One I never understood that how you could spend that yeah. much time on the road and still be a principal at the same time. Well, I think yeah. we've all learned from COVID. There's a lot you can do remotely. Yeah, um, there it is. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was bothered by the apology because I guess to your point, Plum, that's the answer. More accountability. Yeah. Uh, next, 
want to celebrate a rare W on behalf of the NCAA. Uh, they've granted an additional year of eligibility to any University of Virginia football players whose eligibility expired this year. Um, this, of course, comes in the wake of uh, the shooting of three teammates by a teammate, um, you know, towards, I think, with three games left in the season. Um, and Virginia chose not to play a couple of those games, right? I don't know how they could have. It would have been weird if they had played those games. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. The, the NCAA so rarely does something right on behalf of student athletes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're currently uh, just screwing NC, uh, screwing NIL up left and right. But this was a a moment that recognized the humanity of individuals. And so, uh, cool story to shout out. Uh, last, two coaching changes uh, in, in coaching notes, I guess, rather, uh, in, in the Big Ten. Uh, PJ Fleck extended for the fourth time in six years and the second time in two years. That cool. That, you got to row that boat, man. And, I mean, they are they are rowing in place. Uh, and then Jeff Brom leaves Purdue, having backed his way into a Big Ten championship game for Louisville. That one was shocking to me. Apparently, it's not shocking if you know Jeff Brom. Apparently, the Broms are like Louisville football royalty. So it, this was, I guess, something that was like going to happen eventually, sooner or later. But yes, when I saw when I saw the initial headline, I thought, "You do what under these circumstances? When? Why? Why?" Uh, but I guess Purdue fans were not surprised by this at all. Is what I learned in the immediate time after that yeah all right uh let's do those twitter questions shall we yeah all right uh first up listener mike jones uh who asks <laughs> joey hauser hit the thousand point club for his career plum and a thousand words no less no more tell us how proud you are of him and how much you love him how many tweets does that end up being well, according to uh, have you heard words? Oh no! Did 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 Elon Derf Derfier? Did he have? He's some... uh, he's ruining more than you would have expected. The Twitter impossible. Uh, no, it's going to four thousand characters. Ooh, short tomes. That's great. I'll get right on it, Mike Jones. But suffice it to say, the first words will be, "I was wrong about Joey." So. Do you have a, maybe we start with a haiku for Joey? Wet hay. Wet wet hay for Joey. For my bay. Wet hay for Joey. That's five. I will work on this haiku. (laughs) All right, listeners, stay plugged in to the end of the episode. Put it after the ad, Kevin. Make him stay. Make him stay. Uh, uh, Next question. When it comes to the portal, would you rather have an FCS D2 All-American or a Power 5 bench warmer transfer in? Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts here? Well, this Power 5 bench warmer situation has not been going great for us. Uh, I think we've seen that these guys that spend, you know, three or four years at Florida or Bama or whatever it is, not getting time and then transfer here, still don't get time. Uh, Anyway... So maybe I would take a flyer on the D2 All-American at this point. There are examples of that working. Kendall um, Brooks, by the way, was not a bad ad as a as a, a backup piece at safety. Yep. 
And Mike Jones asks, for you, Plum, the final four is here. Argentina, Croatia, France, Morocco. Who you got? Who's winning it all? I really, I think it's going to be France, but I want it to be Morocco. I would love Morocco to champion over France. My guess is it doesn't happen unless it does on penalties. Um, And a Morocco-Argentina final would be great. I do not want to see Lionel Messi win this all. Um, and I think if I had to choose between Argentina and France, which is probably what it will be in the final, it has to be France. I just think they're largely less objectionable. It's a Sophie's choice situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Plum, uh, Spartan 18770 wants to know, are we strictly a hockey school now? I I would love to ask someone that knew anything about yeah, hockey. Yeah, I wish we had someone that could answer a question like that. We, yep. we just don't have the resources. But I would love to be a hockey school. Uh, next up from Spartan 1877, if MSU misses the NCAA tournament, Graham Couch has to wear a man bra on his podcast. Would you be willing to sacrifice this season for this? Is this a thing? Is this really a thing? Michael Jones, are you aware of this man bra situation for Graham? Yes. Yes, it's a thing. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm confused as to the, what the question is. I like, think the question is, how badly do you want to see him in a man bra? And I, I think the answer is not I don't. at all. I don't know that anyone yeah. wants to see that. I mean, uh, Graham will, self-deprecating, uh, this isn't me, will point to the physique as a reason that no one wants to see it. I don't know that the physique matters. I, don't, I just don't know that anyone wants to see someone debase themselves in such a way. Um, I'll just point out that the plum, you know, Graham. Yes, your 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 back piece. What's the situation on that? Oh, you're right. That's kind of like a uh, uh, a male brazier. Uh, I think bro. you know we could get uh, we could get Graham in a in a male bra here on our podcast. Maybe uh, no need to give up uh, the season. It's Martin eighteen seven seventy. And finally, will the myth that America will eventually love soccer ever be put to rest? No. Jones. Oh. <laughs> no, it it uh, will not because of people like Alex Plum. That's right. Which should be. How dare you? Uh, and Graham Couch. And uh, it's just. Though, uh, do we ever think football might. Appropriately put to bed. I between the violence, between how long these games are, between the helmet swinging, the helmet the, swinging, the criminal, the criminal charges. Of course, yeah. Can I just and that and to that point. These soccer games have all been two hours long, and that's enough time to even get the overtime period in, which I'm using your your words. That is, you can set a clock to that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no one would call it a period because that's a defined interval of time, not what some magic man has on his third watch. Yeah, if you want to make this for an American audience, we figured out how to start and stop a clock. You have to get rid of this whole extra time situation. <laughs> I will I will co-sign on soccer's timeliness, but basketball is quite timely. Um, yeah. Gen- and Generally, also, you're right. Uh, shout out to soccer on commercials, though. Uh, they do that right. Yeah, because uh, there's no opportunity for them. It's the most beautiful thing. So anyway, 
Well, I think it don't don't people pay for like to to cut in on the bottom third or like you can know. and and you have the signboards that run along you know in ways that you get some of that free advertising that you don't in other sports that you don't have the signage all over the place so yeah and they put it on the jerseys also yep. you know, like I mean I, soccer kits are uh, as they say stupid I uh, mean, like, as they say as uh, they say. T- Distinguish between NASCAR and soccer. You can't. I'm going to kill you. Next up. What has a car, Michael? It's a car. Zipper and long sleeve. You're a bad man. Eland Bloom asks. Eland Bloom. Good to see you. What Spartans have a chance to be first team all Big Ten in basketball? Uh, I would say just uh, it it would be only. uh, Davis Smith is the answer. Yes. yes, Davis Smith. Is it Tyson or Wet Hay? I think it's Tyson Walker, maybe no, Joey it's, Hauser. It's got to be Wet Hay. It's not going to be Tyson. Do you think it's going to be Tyson, the way he's played so far? Yes, with the way he's played so far. Oh, Those okay. are the two possibilities. No I, one the, else. What's is weird is I do think this ends up being an upper tier Big Ten team. It would not surprise me if there were no first team all Big Ten selections. Mm uh yellow bloom also wants to know jonesy if tucker doesn't make coaching changes what record does he need in 2023 to placate the fans uh 12 and 0 would be my answer to this i think if you're young and you go eight and four if you're young and you go eight and four i would take eight and four i'd be people, very happy people forget the whole coaching change thing i i mean i i don't know i think it placates i don't know that people forget you, sure. you got to build on that eight and four And finally, why do Spartan fans go crazy because of early year losses in basketball every single year? I think we've had questions uh, about this uh, before from some other folks who've been with us for a while. And I. I don't know that the defense was bad. Like, I don't I, I there were some things that needed to get fixed. Other than the Northwestern game, has there been a big meltdown for the for the basketball fans? I mean, I, I think we came into this expecting to go, as Izzo said several times, one and seven over n- November and December. Yeah, I, you eked out some wins that you like the Portland win. You wish that was a little a little cleaner. Yeah, mm. but I, I yeah, I mean it's a it's a fair call out. I I actually don't think this is the meltdown that folks normally have. I think it's the 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 losses that'll come in January. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. When people, that's yeah. when people freak out. Yeah. But I don't know that this team can totally afford to have that lapse. Correct. Not at all. Thomas Zambiasi has his finger on the pulse with this next question. No disrespect, although I could have lost that part, to the winner, uh, but has the Ray Guy Awards reputation fallen to Heisman levels? Thomas, you know us well. Yep. It's the entire basis of this episode. I, I don't know that anyone picked up Bryce Berenger on first team Walter Camp. Let's just, Walter Camp knows ball. Yep. Always. Next up from Thomas Plum, which will have a better conference season, men's basketball or hockey? Uh, it's got to be men's basketball because I know nothing about hockey and mm-hmm. I think it's a sport on ice, like ballet. Like ballet. <laughs> like ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what figure skating is, really, is ice ballet? Plum, I, I think that, uh, so Jer uh, started doing post-game. Who? JD uh, <laughs> underscore Jer Bear. Who? Jeremy. Stewart, been Who's on the this? pod. It's fine. No, not important. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Uh, anyway. See on someone, Twitter? Yeah. Someone who does, uh, does, does the hockey 
uh, has started doing some post-game videos. Oh, I videos. I can watch videos. Yeah, I, that's not yeah. written can't read, we can't, can't read, can't write, can watch. That that A is an education up opportunity, but also I think <laughs> you and I should start doing basketball post-game videos. Listen, I would be happy to. Just two two minutes and 20 seconds. That's all you got, baby. Oh, I don't know. A lot I might, more than he's usually good for. That's correct. And also it, not nearly enough time for the amount of words I'm going to win And you're like, Madi Sissoko going to come for his whole family. Got to go. Got to go to the bench for a long time. All right. Uh, Kevin Gregg. Should the Penn State win define our expectations for the next month or so on the schedule? Uh, Sure. The next month or so is fairly straightforward. So I'll take that as a yes. Uh, That would that would move us through home game at Michigan, home game at Michigan, basically. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, That'd let's be take a bunch of wins. Let's go. That'd be great. Let's go That'd be great. That'd be great, 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 great. Next up from Joe Ashworth, we've reached the end of the beginning of this basketball season. What grades would you give the three freshmen? Oh, good question. So we got Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, and... Uh, Trey Holloman. Trey Holloman. Uh, so I think some of these are in proportion to the expectations leveled on them, right? Yeah. Um, I think Carson Cooper has been maybe as as good as expected. Yeah. I'll give him a uh, we're going to do corporate uh performance review grading scales. That's push. It's a He's three. a 3. Yep. Uh the uh Jackson Kohler I do think is on a bit of a pip right now. Um off to a good start. Uh, had a lot to be excited about, but has not recently been living up to expectations in the same yeah. way. Hit he's, a wall. He's on, he's on a higher IC level than, uh, than Carson Cooper. And so, you know, you expect more of that person. Um, mm-hmm. Trey Holloman, I think is an exceeds expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when you're getting better than Tum Tum when he's out there, maybe not quite defensively, but like he is not a complete loss on the floor. And as a freshman, I, I do it, we're, we're fortunate in a position where we don't need a point guard to spell a point guard because we have enough on our team. But like, I, I feel like Trey Hallman's in there and I don't freak out about like, do you remember when Foster lawyer would take, take the court? Yeah. Like, shit. I don't feel that don't way. Feel that way uh, Trey. Right. Am I wrong on that? Uh, that feeling? Yep. Okay. Next up from Joe Ashworth, uh, Plum, will Steven Izzo score a game in his career against two, and what will the situation be? Oakland game. Michigan. Throws it down on Rocket Watts. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be good? Uh, He has one more year, right? This is it. This is it? He's a senior? I don't think he's getting a COVID year. Oh, poor buddy. Maybe maybe if he wants to go to grad school. Because don't we play Eastern? Like early next season, next Could year. Be. I thought so. Possible. That's what I, I would like to have happen. But let's be clear: Imani won't be there, so this doesn't really matter. He'll be into his ninth school. Uh, I'm going to say it's first round of the tournament. We're going to play. We're going to be a one seed because we will go undefeated the rest of the season, and we will play Saint Bonaventure, and we'll be up thirty at the half, and he'll play the entire second half and score fourteen points. Question for you, Plum. Let's say uh, we're able, Michigan's not looking great this year. Let's say we're able to run the score up on them a bit. 
And Steven Izzo gets in and gets a foul uh, and, and gets to the foul line and, and is able to uh, sink one of his buckets. Okay. If he turns mid free throw and just gives two birds to Juwan Howard and the rest of the bench and gets ejected, do you celebrate him for that? Yes. Or do you castrate gets, him? Or no. Do you know why? Because he had a hundred, he hit a hundred percent from the charity stripe. He went one <laughs> for one and he was unable to hit his second one because he had been ejected. And for that reason and that reason alone, he was a hang fan. Hang is paying the jerseys. Well, hang it. Favorite player of all time. Uh, I will just point out for our listenership uh, to Jonesy's quip about how Michigan doesn't look great this year. They're exactly seven spots behind us on Ken Palm right now. Yeah, I'm not buying that. All right. Next up from Joe Ashworth. uh, What Christmas party foods do you absolutely love and absolutely hate? Party can be work, family, friends, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. Christmas is not a... Well, we know you don't care, Kevin. Peppermint flavored Soylent is just as good as vanilla flavored Soylent is just as good as turkey. I like peppermint bark. Peppermint bark is my, good. My, I like uh, pigs in a blanket. I don't like know. Bacon wrapped dates stuffed with goat cheese. Mm, those are good. Those are good little party snacks. <laughs> but are they, are they Christmas specific? Yeah, it's, it, it just says, oh, it does say Christmas party food. Oh, no, I guess not. Uh, you know. Like, what is Christmas food? Yeah, peppermint bark. That's a good one. I think that's right. I mean, the, like, cookie tray, cookie platter, where you get the Buckeyes, and you get the, like, the cookie with the, like, uh, Hershey Kiss. Oh, in yeah, you got to have one that's of those. A Christmas cookie. That's the only time you ever get them. Uh, right. finally, uh, that was it for Joe. That was, that was it for Joe. Joe. Mom, you're up for the next three. Yes. Our friend Ali. Oh, right. he asked for permission to do this. Not that he needed it. He didn't need any permission for this. All right. He's, is- he's using his Twitter questions, everybody to talk to. It's, it's really an entreaty to Michael Jones and to all would be naysayers. How dare questions. you? How dare you mute yourself for the integrity of this podcast? Be gone. So, Around why A, you should be following the World Cup and B, supporting Morocco for the rest of their journey. He says, gonna take my time to talk soccer and give you reasons why Spartans should root for Morocco. Number one, their defense has been impregnable. They are making a run in the cup with a similar strategy as the 2013 football team. Great defense and just enough offense to win your games. He's right. Number two, they have the why not us mentality. They got the dog in them. One might even say, guy, a team full of talented, overlooked dudes with chips on their shoulders. And if that's not a Spartan team, I don't know what it is. And finally, three, they're the last time, they're the last team left standing with green in the flag. So you can say go green and it's still relevant here. And so on behalf of this podcast, we join you, Ali, in saying Dima Morocco, Dima Maghrib. All right. I'm sold. I'm in. I'm getting the shirt. Had a boy. Next up from our friend Stay Hump six one seven zero six two one five with all six of their followers. <laughs> what happened to the great Tuck Cummin? What bowl game? Clown face. Clown face. Clown face. Uh, close eyes emoji. Uh, uh, monkey, monkey times, times four. Are Tuck's street boys in? Wow. I'm glad that this one made the cut. Well Can't done, editorial team. How 
you know, someone with uh, with insights such as these only has six followers. Stay hum. Everyone, you know, for your coded language, go to stay hum six one seven zero six five six two phone number one five. Pardon me. I uh, it's not lost on me though. Stay hum hops in the mentions of many U of M accounts and uh, media personalities and bring similar language, uh, but is not ostracized in the way that you would hope. What fun. Thanks for joining us today, hum. Uh, next up from Tyrone Couch. Uh, if your name was Brian James Smith, would you go by BJ or BS? <sighs> These are the hard hitting <laughs> questions. Why not BJs? <laughs> Let's cut this. Brandon Sands. You go by Brian. That's what you go by. It was a really good joke from Plum yeah. there that uh, Mike just came in and he was just like, Stepped on. No, here's my wet blanket. Let me just lay this all over everything. I'm looking out for, I'm looking out for sponsor integrity. You guys are going full Elon on the moment. You know, oh my God, yikes. This is embarrassing. All I right, next up for, yeah, thank for, you. Ooh. Next up from Tyrone Couch. Uh, Kevin, how many of the three Spartans involved in the triple homicide at the end of the game Saturday <laughs> will be given the death sentence. And will this be the first time we see a triple purple heart awarded by Chris Solari to the UM players that so bravely defended themselves? I actually heard that those guys were left in Ann Arbor and they're going to the gallows tomorrow morning um, to meet their fate. Uh, Eli Ellie. himself Ellie is, is going to be there. He's going to put the bag over his head and pull with a scythe. Yeah, yep. just yep. let him have it. That's um, nice. With some restorative <laughs> justice. Uh, and finally, from Ali, uh, or no, from Tyrone. Tyrone God. Uh Red of the week. WTF is with Walmart. I despise it, but they carry my wife's preferred yogurt. So I go for her. Three times in a row, they've had a, quote, system error. So I've waited for my order for over half an hour. Don't realize that I am too important to get my own groceries. Walmart is ass. <laughs> I love this. I'm so glad. My we wife's have, preferred yogurt is preferred only sold at, at Walmart. Walmart. That's <laughs> that's great. That is truly you great. The brand. You should have tagged the brand. Yeah, you get to learn sure. so much about Tyrone's whole family every week. The pieces are really starting to come together. They really are. Uh, next up from Vermose Dutch, if uh, you're at the fam <laughs> Xmas party and your visibly intoxicated cuz tells you that they're getting divorced and <laughs> sex in two plus years, do you A, drive fully into that, dive fully into that combo, combo, B, tactfully change the combo to sports or say, or C, say, wait, let me get a drink. I'll be right back and scurry. Greg, I feel like this is something that could happen to you. Say more. Uh, it would depend on how many drinks I've already had. Uh, but my gut tells me, lean in. Take that episode, Take that option A. Let's go. Let's you hear would. all about this. See, I was thinking if you had enough drinks, there'd be option D, where you might try to resolve the the, the problem for your cousin. I'm not resolving anything. No, no I see. No. I okay. just want. The, I just want the tea. The tea. Steep that tea, honey. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Remember All right. So much about Verdos. For, for There's so much family sharing well, going on. This is the this is week. Me, this well, is next season. up is next up is Mamopoli. We'll hear from some family sharing from her <laughs> <laughs> this week. Number one, Michael Jones. No Michigan State hockey coach has ever beaten Michigan in his first career meeting against the Wolverines. Adam Nightingale broke tradition with his first win in his first game against U of M on Friday night. Will that win be known as the defining moment of the rebuild? It sounds no. like Mamopolev should be our hockey person. Yes, she this might be really the guy. Good. I'm she glad we found this. Might be the guy. Yeah. I oh, think everyone knows that it will be when he lost the culture of his team and had a whole bunch of uh what was it? Street boys. Who Street attacked. boys. Uh next up, uh from Mamopolev with MSU football deficiencies in mind, how will you finish these song lyrics? All I want for Christmas is my two Associate head coach is fired. I don't know. Are there more than it really rolls off the tongue? It really does. It really does. And finally, from Mamopolev, International Mountain Day, December what? 11th. Oh my God, International Mountain Day aims to increase awareness about the importance of mountains because they are home to one quarter of the world's land, animals, slash plants, provide fresh water to half the world's population, and more. What impact did your last mountain visit have on you? This is an all-time worst question. <laughs> this is and, this, and by the way, by the way, he just read stay home six one seven zero six two one five's question. And this one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> the, my favorite thing about International Mountain Awareness Day is <laughs> like Mountain Awareness. So what do you do? Are they going to go away if you don't? If you're not aware of the mountain, does a mountain cease to be? Never forget. That's it. That's it. Oh, Mamopoli. Stick to hockey, all right? You're our hockey person. Uh, <laughs> next up for Mr. Neurotic Pounds. When, period, Izzo hosts Sunday dinner, does he get drunk and insist that his players take shots of Grop? Grappa. Grappa. I think it's Grappa. What is that? Is that? Uh, it's think, just uh, grape with two peas. Ah. It's like, a, it's like an Italian, uh, uh, we'll call it somewhere around rye to brandy. Okay. I'm not familiar. My, saying, my son is a five foot tall lightweight and I made him drink six shots. So come on, Joey. Oh, yes. yeah. Come on, Joey. He does. He does that. That's what he does. Let's let's pour him up. This is something I've never even heard of before. Uh, Mr. Rodapants also asks, what is brown? A color? Fictitious university? Fifth best university in America? I don't even know. That the, I think they're the worst in the Ivy, aren't they? I thought that was Cornell's job. I thought Cornell was solidly the worst of the Ivies. Penn's good at hockey. Is Penn good at basketball? Is Penn good at anything? Uh, well... Penn has the uh, the honor of having a, a college within it that is so ashamed of it, uh, ah, that university it. that it goes it by the one name only. The whole other that's name. right. Well done, them. Although, given people in the news recently that claim credentials from Wharton, uh, maybe yes. Penn's winning that one. I think the they're long, winning that one. I yeah. think they're winning that one. Uh, well, and finally, for Mr. Rodic Pants, going forward, should MSU featherbed their non-conference football schedule in order to avoid injuries and get halfway to a bowl? More broadly, should Big Ten teams play FCS teams? 
This is a good question. I I don't have a great answer to it. I mean, it, 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 U of M obviously uh, appears to be quite a good team, but if they had lost that Ohio State game, uh, which they did not, and they won resoundingly, like I'm, I'm not trying to take that away, but like if they had, they wouldn't be in Ohio State's position of having a backdoor in. That's right. They would have been out. Out. Yep. Um, so you you run a risk, and and I don't think if you're a serious football program, making a bowl isn't the goal. It's winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the stats to make a bowl game. That's not important. Winning a natty is. I think this changes when the college football playoff expands as well. Yes. I think you want those games uh, under those circumstances, which is what we're scheduling for right now. So uh, finally from the upper deck jerk guy, Mati, uh, why he play better against better competition? Oh, well, that's a little wrinkle we hadn't included before. Um, those mm. had more conventional centers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. When we get to Big Ten play, I think, Plum, I'm willing to hear you loud and clear. Okay. Because that's full of normal. I mean, I know Penn State's a Big Ten team, but they don't have a center. Sure. So. All right. Great. Uh, tired of watching the World Cup. Uh, how long tried do you think? Tried watching the World tried Cup. Tried watching wow, the World Cup. Wow. Hurtful. But also tired of watching the World Cup because he asks, how long do you think I napped? You said how long did the game start? Ugh, Two hours? Rude. What do you think? Five you, minutes to fall asleep? You didn't nap at all because they were great games and you loved all of the action. Yes, you did. Uh, last up, have any of you gotten the flu yet this year? No, but I got my flu shot because I'm a good American. I also just got my flu shot with my COVID Omicron booster. So uh, I'm trying not to get it because uh, the flu, if you've had a real proper, proper flu, it is an unpleasant what? experience. Uh, it is not fun. Uh, Plum, talk to me about haikus. A haiku for Joey Hauser. One one thousand Joey Hausers. Wet hay for Joey. Alas, he deserves much more. Maybe a natty. Your 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 mic. Damn it! Fucking mic. No, you actually, because you're, you're not connected via Zoom. You're fine. Uh, all right, gentlemen, no one will know what that's about. A very happy Go Green to you. Go White. Go White!